0: Tomato bar, pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Craig, and this Pirates podcast is called Bucks in the Basement. My friend, I, I got to ask you right off the bat here. Looking at the ballots for the All Star Game, we cannot kid ourselves. There's not going to be a field littered with pirates out there, right? But there may or, there may be one or two viable candidates that you could actually consider voting for in this in this ballot. You know who are, who are putting on. The Pirates jersey and going out there and playing each and every day. Is there
1: somebody in your mind that's an All Star right now on this team? I mean, I think there's two in my mind. Uh, straight off the bat is is Adam Frazier. You got the hits leader, doubles leader, and all of baseball. Uh, he's a shoe in in my like estimation. Brian Reynolds is another one that could easily be considered, but I think that you know some of the the outfield. There's a little bit more competition out there, but I could still see him being in there. And I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, Jacob Stallings getting a call to come in. And then out of the bullpen, Richard Rodriguez has pitched really well. So, I mean, there are guys that legitimately deserve to be in the All Star game. In previous years, you know, you have that, oh, we got to have our one guy, we got to have our one representative. And it may not have been, you know, <laughs> the best player or maybe just a guy that got hot a little bit. I mean, we've had some we've had some stinkers throughout the year, but I think that those those four guys to me would have a legitimate shot based on their performance to to be all stars. I will go
0: one step further here. Adam Frazier should be starting on the National League All-Star team. Based upon looking at what he's doing right now compared to everybody else on the ballot, he has the highest OPS of every player that is sitting there eligible to be the starting second baseman. He, he should be hitting 332 with two home runs and 23 RBIs and an 865 OPS. He should be the starting second baseman, I will say this right now, over Ozzie Albies, over Jake Cronenworth, over Tommy Edmond, okay? He should be, be, he should be over Jonathan India. He should be over uh, uh, Gene Segura. He should be over every single guy that's on that ballot that anybody could be considering. He is the best guy that is listed at the second base position on that ballot. He, and, and the thing is, if people now, I find it amazing. Remember when you used to get the punch cards? You know, you go oh, to the ballgame. Oh, yeah, I game. used to love it, man. I love the punch cards. The punch cards were the best. But the way they have the ballot set up now, when you go online to do it, would actually list average home runs, RBI and OPS. And you would hope the intelligent baseball fan would look at OPS as the number one stat and say he's the best. Like he should be picking up votes like crazy right now. Because right now, if I'm a baseball fan who knows nothing about the Pirates, if I'm an American League fan, like think about it this way. He should be getting the votes of every American League fan. Because when you, when you go into a Pirates game and you vote, you know the National League so much better than you know the, Na- the American League, right? Oh, absolutely. Exactly. But, and, and so when you look at an American league, you're looking at names, you're looking at like, well, well who, who's the best, really? I don't know these guys that as well as I know the national league, it's the same thing on the American league. And right now, any American league fan going on there should clearly see his name as the best available second baseman to pick when they're filling out their ballot. I, I mean, I really hope when they start publishing where they are in the amount of votes, he should be in the top three. And if he's not, it's a travesty.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I could see that, Chris, because like you said, a lot of people, you know, they vote based on names, they vote based on, you know, guys that they know, and and us who play fantasy baseball know pretty much every guy in the league, and we know who's good, who's trending, who's not good. But as a casual baseball fan, they make it, like you said, they make it so easy now, and you would hope that you wouldn't have a, a stuffing of the ballots like you did for, I think it was the Kansas City Royals a few years ago where they pretty much had like every single starter, even though like maybe one of their guys actually deserved to start. That kind of stuff's kind of goofy to me. That's where the All-Star games, you know, they lose a little bit of their luster, but believe me, I still I still watch the home run derby. I watch the game because it's, it's an actual competitive baseball game. It's not like watching, you know, the Pro Bowl or something. It's it's not like a skills competition. They're actually, you still have to play baseball. So um, I would hope that this would happen, that, that he would get that push just based upon performance and because he deserves it. I mean, you got a guy who really wasn't meant to be a starter for the Pirates in any way, shape, or form in his career. Like he was set up to be, that super utility man, but he took over second base and right now it, the guy is just hitting right and I, and I know that the the sexy thing is hitting for power and he only has a couple home runs, but you can't deny it's not like it's a but he's getting a bunch of cheap hits and stuff like that. He's just hitting the ball well.
0: he has a better chance of getting in there than Brian Reynolds because Reynolds already you there's two spots that are automatic in my opinion in the outfield in the national league. And that's Jesse Winker and and Ronald Acuna Jr. They're both having insane years right now. And then there's other guys that have bigger stats, but they haven't played the entire season. But it kind of it kind of messes things up because Reynolds is having a really solid season, and he could be the representative for the Pirates. You never know how it would shake out if Frazier doesn't make it. Then then Reynolds might get in. He might be the guy that they throw out there to to go and and be the rep for the Pirates. But I'm going to tell you this right now: Frazier's the best chance that the Pirates have for a starting Pittsburgh Pirates player in the all-star game. If you're a Pirates fan, it should be Frazier, 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 Frazier. I don't care what you do. He deserves your vote. You've got to put it in there. You've got to vote early, vote often, and let him represent your city. Because let's be honest, not much else to root for this year. So let's, let's go for this. This should be something that Pirates fans are doing right now get in there, you know, Google all-star ballot, go to MLB.com and fill out as many of them as you can. And, you know, click on Reynolds, of course, but do not forget Adam Frazier when you're filling it out because he has the most legit shot right now of making the all-star team. And then you have to have the conversation that we've already had on this show. Is he still part of your future or is this the biggest that he'll ever be? Are you going to get the most return for Adam Frazier if he makes the all-star game and you're dealing him after he gets elected into the
1: all-star game. Like that, that's a whole other thing to talk about, but first let's get him in there. Yeah. And he's, I think it would actually, it would improve. I think right now, I mean, he's all over the place and it's the rumors are back. Cause I, we remember, you know, this past offseason we were talking about it and Charrington said that he was, you know, actively shopping him, but it wasn't out in like the national buzz. But now every single article that comes up, it's like, you know, who are the top, like, you know, five candidates that are most likely to be traded or best trade pieces or whatever. And Adam Frazier's name keeps on coming up. So I think some of it has to do with that buzz. And you kind of have to pounce on that because even, you know, when he was having what we thought was, you know, going to be his best year Back in you know 2019, before I you know completely you know fell off the map 2020 that we're all forgetting about, that it, he still didn't have the type of buzz that he has right now. So I just I don't think you're gonna be able to to get any more for him if you waited. And I know the extension talk is as we've already talked about that is still in there, but yeah, push for him all star game. Would I like to see him stay? Absolutely. Does it make sense to move him? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'd be okay if they kept him. I mean, I I get it. But I mean, I look back at his, his stats show that he's an up and down player. Like he's the kind of guy you wanted to get hot. And he's so hot that now he is your best candidate for the all-star team. And he's actually the best second baseman in the National League. When you watch, when you look at the ballot and you look at who's eligible at second base, he's the best right now. You couldn't have asked for anything better. So whatever the Pirates decide to do, I'm with. If they decide to move him, that means that they, in their internal like discussions, know what their window is, and they want to get the best thing for him. If they decide to keep that, keep him, that means they believe in this. And if he all of a sudden like falls off a cliff in the second half, then you could be angry with them because this would be your best opportunity to move him. So that, it'll be very, very interesting to watch what's happening. Um, uh, not as interesting as the, uh, the baseballs being doctored which I want want to get into with you because I found it really interesting that after Major League Baseball decided that they were going to crack down with immediate suspensions for people putting gunk on these baseballs, that our old friend Garrett Cole was hundreds and hundreds of revolutions per minute. I think that's what it is. It's RPMs, right? Hundreds and hundreds of RPMs less in his very next start. All of a sudden, not as much spit on the baseball, and he got lit up. And I'm wondering if we're going to see something really strange happen here in the back half of the season where dominant pitchers in the first couple of months come back down to earth hard because
1: now Major League Baseball is trying to catch somebody. Yeah, and I mean, it's at this point in time, in my eyes, it's not about uh, what... Your preference is like I know, like with steroids, people are just like, oh, I don't care if anybody was juice and let them all juice this one. You know, I don't care if, you know, they're all docking the ball. Just let them all doctor but th- the ball. But this is different. right? I mean, now, hold
0: on a second before you get it. I, I don't want to interrupt your point, but let's let's just clarify something right here. This is different. This is different from steroids. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to explain why this is different to everybody. All right. And you might get angry and you might say, Chris, you're crazy and you you might want to yell. And, you know, you're welcome to do so. All right? We right. We've got a phone number. Okay, 708-459-8406. You can call it 24-7. All right, leave a message. I'd love to hear from you. But there's a reason this is different. Middling players started taking steroids so they would get better. And guys like Barry Bonds looked around and said, well, I want to be the best. He watched Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire go off in a home run race, and it bothered him because he knew he was the best player in the sport. Then he went out and did steroids. Whatever his justification was, he was wrong. These pitchers are wrong, but this is a little different how this all started. This didn't start with a player saying, I want to make a ton of money, so I'm going to find a way to cheat. This started with a group of players, basically pitchers, all pitchers, trying to figure out how to get around what Major League Baseball is doing in terms of trying to increase offense. A couple years ago, remember? Guys like Justin Verlander, other pitchers in post-game moments, Clayton Kershaw, talking about how in the postseason, all of a sudden, there were, there were, there were no threads like there was there was nothing to grip on the baseball. Everything was lower. It was like a flat baseball. We had the juiced balls. We had we we've just gone through this. So pitchers responded by saying if you're not going to allow me to grip this baseball anymore, I'm not going to have my career shortened because major league baseball digs home runs and high offense. So I'm going to start using something. It was a survival thing. Major league baseball caused this. The the steroid thing was not inherently caused by a rule that major league baseball came up with major league baseball caused this first by allowing certain substances because they realized that putting a little bit of like, uh, Uh, like grease on the ball or a little bit of suntan lotion or a little bit of rosin or something like that would allow the pitcher to grip the ball well enough that nobody got hit in the head with a hundred mile an hour fastball. It cut down on the amount of times that guys were getting hit by baseballs and baseball made the decision for the safety of players to look the other way to give more control. Then baseball turned around and changed the baseballs to screw the pitchers over. And eventually the pitchers got together and said, well, forget this we're, we're going to find a way to get around their way of tampering with the ball. They tampered with the ball, we're tampering back. I'm not excusing what the players did, but I'm explaining where this started. This started with Major League Baseball playing games with the baseball and millionaires that were in danger of losing millions of dollars fighting back. And it'd be hard for me to say that if I wasn't in their position, I wouldn't have sat there and said, well, they started it. They started cheating the system, so I'm going to cheat back. You know, and so this is a little different than steroids. I just want to make sure that I put that out there. I'm not justifying what they're doing, but there was a reason why they did it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that it's it's kind of like going along the same lines that it, to me it didn't really matter like if your opinion was you know all all in on it or you know all against it, but it's it's more of if Major League Baseball is actually going to do something about it. That you could see that drop in stuff. You could see that drop in production. You could see pitchers fall off the map. You could see, uh, you know, like you said with Garrett Cole. I, I mean, Trevor Bowers is going to have to go. I, I'd love to see I this. have Trevor
0: Bauer on my fantasy team, and I've already decided that, like, well, I can't rely on him very much this year because he was clearly using that stuff. I mean, like, in my opinion, I'm going to say in my opinion so I don't get sued. He was, In my opinion, he's clearly using that stuff. I mean, his his RPMs dropped like crazy, too, in his first game back.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's where this is kind of like, to me, it's like baseball is, it can't can't get out of its own way when it's trying to improve the game or not improve the game because then they're like, well, strikeouts aren't cool, but obviously strikeouts are cool because there's a guy named, you know, the pitching ninja who has made his entire career off of strikeouts yeah so in some ways strikeouts are cool home runs are cool you know balls in play and people being on the base pass that's exciting as well balls in play balls in play is really the coolest thing balls in play is cool because not only
0: does it show more strategy in the game okay but also it gives you more of an opportunity to see a beautiful defensive play I don't like three true outcome I don't like the whole home run walk strikeout thing I hate it it's not enjoyable for me to watch. But Major League Baseball is is almost trying to go to a three-two outcome. They're, they're trying to increase home runs. And they're going about this the wrong way. They've been going about this the wrong way for a long time now, how to make the game better. You know, they're, they're, they, they, have, they have all their ideas have been stupid. I, I, you know, Joe Torre wasn't a bad manager. But some of the guys like him that are up there in the brain trust right now, not very good at figuring this whole thing out. They're ruining the game with these things. Again, they caused this. They they, they, they made this happen by, instead of just saying, we're going to change the baseballs because we want to see more offense, they changed the baseballs and then pretended they didn't change the baseballs. So then the pitchers <laughs> were like, well, if you're going to play games, we're going to play games, and that's where we're at now this week.
1: Yeah, and and I don't... I. I just don't see this going a, a good way whatsoever just because, I mean, I don't know why they they just can't come up with, you know, like you said, like there's there's certain things. You're, you're allowed to have, you know, the rosin bag back there, and you're allowed to at least try to get somewhat of a grip on it. Like why wouldn't Major like Baseball at some point in time just come up with, hey, here is our product that right. you can use as a pitcher. There you go. I mean, like that's
0: what they should be doing. Like pitch grip major League baseball in uh, the 2022 season is going with the new pitch grip system it's a uh, a, a chemical that's been uh, that does not destroy the baseballs and allows pitchers to get a proper grip without making the baseball too doctored and this is allowed this pitch grip if you're found without pitch grip then you get a 50 game suspension yeah and and, and then you just you let you let them just obviously put pitch grip on their balls you you let that sounded dirty. You you let them put script, okay, and they, you let them use that so that then everybody knows that this is like the prescribed thing, like pine tar. Pine tar is allowed in certain ways, right? Certain amount yeah. of pine tar is used on the bat. It can only be in a certain thing. Remember the George Brett thing, but it was a substance that was allowed. I mean, you got players that come up to to the plate and their helmets are just covered in this stuff. So oh, the yeah. game has always allowed certain substances. So come up with what is legal for the baseball. And stop playing this game where supposedly nobody puts anything on the baseball. We all know everybody's putting something on the baseball. Everybody's going to their glove. They're going to their hat. I can sit at home and look at the telecast and I can actually tell you which guy has which substance on what part of his body. It's not hard to see. Everybody sees it. I mean, like now with television the way it is, I can see a guy going to his hip and rubbing the ball on his hip. I can see the guy going to his glove every time to like the right side of his glove where his little finger is like, what do you need to be putting your thumb down there for? You're obviously going for a substance. Like we can all see it on the broadcast. So stop lying to everybody. This is what the problem was with steroids. Mark McGuire had him sitting in his, in his locker room and and we were still pretending like it wasn't happening for years. Just come out and make a policy and move forward. They are the most messed up organization in all of sports. They make the NHL look smart. They, 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 oh, make, they, make, they make football look like geniuses. They make Everybody yells about Roger Goodell. He's a genius compared to this Manfred. Okay? Major League Baseball is a mess with this kind of stuff. Just make a decision and stick with it for crying out loud. Get a rules committee like the NFL has and start inv- start figuring out what works and what doesn't work and involve all the teams in it instead of just making these arbitrary decisions and then trying to hide the stuff you did you changed
1: the baseballs and the pitchers responded that's the headline and let them put pitch grip on their balls yes as chris would that's say dirty. that's dirty that's that's like their tagline <laughs> put put pitch grip on your balls put some pitch grip on your balls <laughs> you know
0: i get muscle aches all the time I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives, and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms. Right now at creakybone.com.
1: Yeah, so Chris, over this past weekend, you know, got a little bit of excitement back in Pittsburgh. Cabrian Hayes comes back. Yeah. Of course, he's still good.
0: Yeah, and immediately showed he was good. Like, yeah. just went out there made a couple of good – I mean, he's just he's just good. It's it, He's one of the guys you're watching this team because you want to see him develop and become good. If you're going to buy a jersey, buy a Hayes. Like, that's what I would tell you to do.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you like we were talking about in the first part of the show, you got Adam Frazier up there first. You got Cabrian Hayes. You got Brian Reynolds playing well. Colin Moran comes back, and it, it looks like a semblance of, you know, a, a decent start of a lineup. Nothing, you know, nothing too crazy. But then Pirates fans want to get in these huge discussions, and, and I do it myself, too, because it's fun. I talk about it with Gary. We write articles. We, everybody has these little discussions, you know, as to, you know, Philip Evans is coming back. Trevor Cahill is coming back. Who should go? What should we do with them? But none of these guys really matter in my mind.
0: I mean, think about it. I mean, like, is Trevor Cahill really part of your team when you win a World Series? No, he's not. And Philip Evans, for that great start, has not shown me that he's a part of your team when this team wins a World Series. So, look, it's fun to get into, and and look, I I, I want to enjoy the the guys that are working their way onto the team, but I still would say that. Your core right now is at, at its smallest. Your smallest core, the core that it means the most of you, is Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. Like that's that's like your your tiniest part of the core. They're in the dead center of your core, right? Yeah. And then maybe like a JT brewmaker. Okay, I like him, right? You hope it would be Mitch Keller getting in there, but uh. You know, I mean, you're just not sure if that's ever going to happen. He,
1: he he had he had heat illness and now he's on the COVID list. Yeah, so. I know. I mean, this is like, oh,
0: Mitch <laughs> Keller, like maybe one day. You never know, right? You can't think about a relief pitcher in your core because relief pitchers are a dime a dozen. And if a guy's good one year, two years later, he sucks. And if a guy sucks one year, two two years later, he's good. That's how relief pitching works. You can't even look at any of that. I mean, you know, Stallings is a pretty good catcher. Is he there when it matters? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, because he's 31 right now. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Colin Moran is is doing a fair job over at first base. There's a reason why they were able to move on from Josh Bell. But does that mean Colin Moran is is the guy when it comes around? I don't know. You might need more offensive production from a place like first base than what Colin Moran gives you. If you're going to be a great team, you're going to be an okay team. He's pretty good over there. If you're going to be a great team, you need bigger production than what he's giving you at first base. First base in a National League should be a, a big hitter. That guy's got to be able to rake. He's got to be good, okay, because you don't have a DH and you've got to, you, you need first base to be like, like a big offensive producer. Most good teams, first base is a big offensive producer. So I don't know if he fits that in the long run. you know. And like we said about Frazier, I could see if he sticks around. I could also see if they move on from him. And other than that, you just got a bunch of guys. You're waiting to see what they do. So, I mean, it'd be great to see more. And there are guys that I'm excited about, and there's there's storylines and things like that. But right now, that's what I describe. That's your core.
1: Yeah, and it's almost like people forget because I mean, Philip Evans got off to that hot start, and we even mentioned him on the show. And he, we did the little bit about you know, Craig, you should pick him up on your fantasy team, and then he ended up going terrible. Like people don't realize that the last like 15 games he played in, he batted 143. Yeah, he's not he had very 49 great. plate appearances. No. I mean. And had no home runs in the last like fifteen games he played. Folks, he's hitting, so, like,
0: hitting two sixteen right now. He's got a six seventy seven OPS. He's not Gregory Polanco is uh, equal to him. Like if you don't like Gregory Polanco, you can't like Philip Evans right now. They're basically the same guy at the plate. Okay, over over. Uh, I think Polanco's got one hundred fifty nine at bats, and Evans has one hundred eleven. They're the same guy. They're they're they're, they're Callum Moran is so much better. Over one hundred fifteen at bats, he's only got four more at bats than Evans. And his OPS is 819 to the 677 of Philip Evans. Philip Evans, until his OPS gets into the 700s, don't talk to me about him. Because if you don't have an OPS in the 700s, you're not even a guy off the bench on my team. You're not. You don't have an OPS of 700 or better. You don't even belong on my bench if I'm trying to win a championship. Not even on my bench. And that's,
1: <laughs> and unfortunately, I feel like that's, most of the team. How many like, guys? <laughs> let's see.
0: I want to see here, okay. How many guys actually would be over the over the 700 mark in OPS? Brian Reynolds at 880, right? Uh Colin Morans at 819. Jacob Stallings is at 756. Adam Frazier is at 865. Uh Brian is in the 1100s in a very uh small sample size of 23 at bats. Uh is there anybody else over 700? Nope. That's it. That's it. That's it. The rest of you wouldn't even be on my bench on a team that was trying to compete to win a championship. Not even on my bench. I don't care how good your defense is. If you can't have a 700 OPS. You don't belong on a major league baseball team that's competing. And go find, go look up every real competing team. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the Padres. Look at the, um, the, the Giants right now. Look look at the, the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago White Sox. You're going to be hard-pressed to find guys that are under a 700 OPS. And if they are, they're, they're definitely not starters, and they're guys that are coming up and down from those teams. They're going from the alternate site or from AAA, and they're moving back and forth on doubleheader days. They're not regulars, or they're going to get replaced at the trade deadline because they're not good enough. They're not playing very often, okay? I don't want anybody on my team under a 700 OPS. If you're not doing that, you're not performing at the proper level to be a Major League Baseball player on a competing team. Go to a team that isn't any good. And so what the Pirates need to be is they need to be a team that's good, to be that, you got to get rid of those guys that can't hit over 700 OPS. I mean, you need a couple guys that are in the nines. If you're going to be a championship team, you need about two, three guys that are going to be in the nines or the high eights and another three, four guys that are in the eights in OPS. Then you have a lineup. You're nowhere near that right now. So Philip Evans, what is he giving you? He's, he he's in one of those guys. So I don't understand the discussion anymore. Like when he started off hot, what do we say? If he keeps it up, then maybe he's that guy. Maybe we found something we didn't expect. He did not keep it up, so
1: that's not what he is until he proves it otherwise. Yeah, and I mean, he's shown that he could be he could be hot in, in bursts when he, he he came onto the scene, I think it was in New York, he did the same thing, hit really hot for a little bit and then went down, but it's almost like Pirates fans have this thing where it's like, well, I hate Eric Gonzalez, but I love Phillip Evans, and I say, they're the same player, but but Eric Gonzalez just plays better defense. Well, no, Eric Gonzalez versatile. is even
0: worse. Eric Gonzalez is a 530 OPS. No. Eric Gonzalez doesn't belong on my kids' T ball team right now with that, <laughs> bad, with that <laughs> bad. Like, after five pitches, they need to bring a T out for Eric and give him a chance. Like, five pitches, oh, Eric, you couldn't hit it. Bring out the T for Eric. That's what they need for him right now.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's but I'm just, that's just what I'm saying, Chris. Is that none, none of these guys, i had said before the show here that there were at least, I, I I was, like, going through the 40, man, and I saw at least 10 guys that if they DFA'd tomorrow and I never saw them in a Pirates uniform again, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Like, I it wouldn't even blink to even, like, even think about it for even a second. So that's where, like, I, I know these discussions have to happen. I know that it's, like, a part of what's going on. But if you're telling me I have to have a discussion between... Eric Gonzalez, Philip Evans, and Wilmer Defoe, that's not really a discussion that I right, feel like all having.
0: three of them should be gone. And you know who else? Throw Kevin Newman in there, 196 at bats with a 503 OPS. You're hitting 209 with a 243 on base percentage, and you're slugging 260. Again, get him the T. Come on, little Kevin, we're going to get you a T. You like to hit it low or high? Let me adjust it for
1: you. Brutal. Um, oh, Kevin Newman. He likes to hit it straight to the ground, man. He doesn't hit it. He doesn't hit low or high. I feel here's. I, I was so hopeful, and I know it was just spring training, but I was like, man, if him and Brian Reynolds could do what they both did in 2000, you know, 19, and actually Kevin Newman was a decent player in the minor leagues. He's a guy that I was not super high on, but I thought he could at least be. A utility guy, I have no idea what's going on with him this year. It's just absolutely brutal. It's brutal.
0: Brian Hayes, Adam Frazier, Jacob Stallings, Colin Moran, Brian Reynolds. That's it. Those are the only major leaguers currently on your team that can hit a baseball. That's it. That's all you got. You want to talk about somebody else? Tell them to get to a 700 OPS and call us. This is Bucks in the Basement. We'll see you next week. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BucksIntheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody.
1: Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say, one thing within the next day.